Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence that, that meets us everywhere at any time. And when we sing, oh, come to the altar, we don't need an altar, but it's nice to have one. But we can come to your altar anytime, anywhere. This morning we pray that as we open up your scriptures that they will come alive to us, hearts to receive from your Holy Spirit. And you, you, you will help, 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 To be clear, you'll help me to be clear this morning to speak the words of life. I pray that you help me to be able to articulate what I see so that we all can receive from you. And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we have been doing this series entitled The Church, Which is His Body. And we'll probably be in it a while to come the Father. Uh, this particular part of this series will take us a little while to get through, um, over several weeks probably, because sometimes you don't realize how much the Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts. You forget about it till you start looking around and you just, I mean, you'll see several scriptures this morning that just deal directly with spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit. Um, forgot I had a quote here. Kenna had sent out a text message a while back. I don't remember, Ken, if you sent it to me or a bunch of people. But anyway, it was uh, Max Licato, and he said this in the, in the quote, Christ distributes courage through community. He dissipates doubts through fellowship. He never deposits all knowledge in one person, but distributes pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to many. When you interlock your understanding with mine and we share our discoveries, when we mix, mingle, confess, and pray, Christ speaks. And that's really the theme of today's message, spiritual gifts. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the earth. And, of course, there was an issue. The enemy entered in and tainted not only mankind but the earth. And uh, that was a supernatural problem, a supernatural being, and supernatural is just anything other than natural. A supernatural being entered into the garden and, and caused a supernatural upheaval in the lives of Adam and Eve, and thus the whole human race. And so God, through the, down through the years, spoke in, a sh- in shadow form and projected what was going to come. Of course, that was Jesus Christ which would be a supernatural solution to a supernatural problem. And then Jesus walked on the earth, led the way, died on the cross, was resurrected from the dead, ascended back to heaven as we dealt with two weeks ago. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to the earth, to his church, to establish his church, And equip us to do the work that he began while he was here. We talked on Easter Sunday about the fact that when he ascended into heaven, there was only one of him, physically speaking, and yet he poured out his spirit on all flesh. 
And so God takes us as lost human beings. All of us are born in sin. You heard me say a hundred times, if you don't believe in original sin, you've never been around a baby. Because that's all they think about is themselves. So he takes us, and the Bible says that he takes us in our lost condition, and he transfers us. Everybody say transfer. It's nice to get a transfer. He transfers us from the kingdom of darkness, which is a supernatural kingdom, into the kingdom of the son whom he loves, the kingdom of his son. And we that's a supernatural move. You can't read a book. You can't be talked into it. You can't, you can't do anything to get that transfer on your own. You, it has to be done supernaturally. And when you said yes to Jesus Christ and he transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, there took place a supernatural exchange in you and you became alive. <laughs> Ephesians teaches us we can't, we became alive together in Christ. And that can only happen. With a supernatural touch from God. I hear people, I read people sometimes that say, well, I don't believe in the supernatural. Well, how in the world did you get saved? There's no other way to get saved except through the supernatural touch of God. And so Jesus leaves us on the earth for a varying times to continue the work of the kingdom of God in the earth. He prayed, your kingdom come, your, your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And so he, he leaves us here, but he didn't leave us alone. And when he sent his Holy Spirit, he didn't just send him to be our comforter, although he is, but he sent him so that he would impart gifts to you and to me. So that he now has, walking on the earth, he now has kingdom subjects who are supernaturally equipped populating the world. Think about that. Think, see in your mind's eye. That's why I asked the Lord to help me to communicate what I see. See in your mind's eye God's army populating the world, walking around, maybe with their hands out, dangling gifts. <laughs> the, the supernatural spiritual gifts that we need. Think about it. It's a supernatural problem. That requires a supernatural solution. There's no amount of education, and I'm all for education, that can solve that problem. That's why Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be endued, you will be overcome with power, which is ability, Holy Spirit ability, from on high. And then you're going to be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and so forth and so forth. Supernatural. Don't ever, don't ever think that you're just a natural being in a natural world trying to find your way naturally. And that's a problem. So today what we want to do is examine the what and the why of gifts given by God the Father through the Spirit. We also want to understand and define what a gift is. What is a gift and what is, what, how can we explain that? And we need to clearly embrace the role of the Holy Spirit in the gifts. Um, we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. 
We're not today going to talk about specific gifts. I mean, who knows what I might say, but I don't intend to talk about specific gifts. We will get into that next time, and we'll... And, but we're going to come back to these gifts that are in 1 Corinthians 12 last because they are what I call the dynamic gifts. And uh, I, I, just want to, I want to deal with those last. But anyway, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, just the first seven verses that talk about spiritual gifts. And if you wouldn't mind standing while we read the Word of God, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers... And, and by the way, that word there in the Greek is brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed, or some of your Bibles will say ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, that you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties or diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties or diversities of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You can be seated. We don't need to discount spiritual gifts. They are, they are the vitality of God's body in the earth making headway in the, against the kingdom of darkness or dispelling the kingdom of darkness. Paul writes to the Romans, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. Having gifts that differ, everybody say differ. According to the grace given to us, let us use them. Key there is that our gifts differ and that we should be using them. How many of you know there are people who have gifts from God who are not using them? Maybe you. There's just so much here. 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says that you we should earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Not discount them. Not say they passed away with a dispensation of age. But he says that we should earnestly desire to have spiritual gifts. And then he writes to the church of Corinth in in Corinthians 1-7. He says, I'm hoping that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. I would think from these verses, and others will see, that it was extremely important to the Apostle Paul that we understand spiritual gifts, our role in spiritual gifts, and that we would find our way of operating those that he has given us. And then he writes to his spiritual son, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. And I say to us today that we should not neglect whatever the spiritual gift that is in us. Now, over the next number of weeks, we'll talk about varying types of spiritual gifts. When, when Usually when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, most everybody thinks about these nine that are listed here in 1 Corinthians 12 that we have not read about. 
But there are so many different types of gifts from the Holy Spirit that he imparts to people that uh, sometimes we may feel bad because we're not prophesying and giving words of knowledge. But we have another gift from the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about spiritual gifts defined. This is the best definition I can come up with anyway. Spiritual gifts are the impartation. Is that, do I have a slide for that? Okay. Spiritual gifts are the impartation of the supernatural qualities of God the Father for the benefit of the body of Christ and the whole of the community. Supernatural qualities of God the Father that he imparts to us. Natural beings, supernatural beings. The word that appears there in the original text is one that's very familiar. It's called charisma. Uh, there's actually a magazine by that title. And back in the 60s and 70s, we had the charismatic movement. And that's where that term came from, from this very word. Charisma means it, the, the portions of God's grace given to display his powerful presence of the Spirit. That's that's what gifts of the Spirit are. Sometimes the gifts of the Spirit may appear to be very dynamic and, and billboard material. And sometimes the gifts of the Spirit are, are unseen and unrecognized. Un, uh, uh, the gifts of the Spirit are not enhanced natural ability. You may... One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of administration. So I'll say, well, I'm going to talk about them with that. You may be able to administer things, but you may not be one who is gifted. Have you ever met anybody that's gifted in administration? Well, I have. Y'all need to get out more. <laughs> I have met people and know people that are just, it just drips off of them. They, you know, they, they just walk into the room and everything, every, all the administration takes place because they're gifted. It's a supernatural thing. So it's not just making a natural ability better. It's God's way of providing supernatural access to him and his power. Because if we are going to to engage with a kingdom of darkness, if we're going to engage with a kingdom that is opposed to God, and we are going to bring the light of the gospel to break that darkness, it is, imp- it is imperative that we have supernatural supernatural access to God and his power. We cannot do it without him. You get two for one today. Another Max Licato quote, you cannot be anything you want to be, but you can be everything God has purposed you to be. From my favorite book by Max Licato, by the way, The Cure for the Common Life, personally. I think that's the best one he's ever written. But anyway, you can't be anything you want to be, but you can be what God purposes and gifts you to be. Oh, goodness. Okay. Presuppositions concerning the gifts. It's kind of simple, but we'll go ahead and say it. The gifts are by and from... The Holy Spirit. We never, we never need to miss that point. That when Jesus went back to heaven and poured, the Holy Spirit was poured out among all flesh, that the gifts came by, by and through 
the Holy Spirit. We call the gifts spiritual gifts because they only operate by the work of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts because they operate by the Holy Spirit. We don't, we don't have a control <laughs> and we don't decide what spiritual gift we want to function in. I'll get back to that in a moment, but all the gifts are from the same Holy Spirit and all the gifts are from the same Lord, each and every one, even though we have differing gifts. In, in verse seven, it taught us that the gifts of the Spirit are the Holy Spirit manifesting Himself. Think about that. The gifts of the Spirit, when they're manifested, they are the Holy Spirit manifesting Himself in that moment, in that situation. And don't ever forget that the Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so we have God through the Holy Spirit manifesting Himself in situations by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there is a distinctiveness of the gifts, but the same author. The, the, when the, in the verse uh, 4, I guess, it says diversities. There are varying diversities or, or varieties of gifts. The word there really means allotments. There are allotments given to us. And so there's a different distribution to different persons by the same God. I don't want anybody to feel guilty because, man, I sure wish I had that one over there. We'll come back to that, too. You say, if you come back to everything you're coming back to, we'll never get out of here. <laughs> you got to understand this, though. In verse 6, when it says there are a diversity of activities, man, the word there for activities is the word we get our word, energy. There is a diversity of energies. It's not... It's not just something that we do mentally or intellectually, but there is a diversity of energies that come from God. You know, energy makes something happen. Energy accomplishes things. A diversity of energies, act, activities, operations. Some of your Bibles will say effects. All of that is the same word that we get our word energies. If there is no diversity, then there's no body. Remember, uh, a few weeks ago, I don't remember when we covered it, but that, you know, the hand said, man, I sure wish I was the foot. And the foot said, boy, if I was just an ear, if ever, if, you know, if the whole body was a foot, we'd look kind of funny, wouldn't we? If the whole body was an ear, we'd hear good, but that'd be it. Would be no, there's no body, but diversity causes us to be a body. And we cannot, you know, Paul uses that little, uh, mock argument in first Corinthians, I mean, yeah, first, uh, Roman, first Corinthians 12, that, hey, I, I wish I was that, I wish I was that. We have to be able to reconcile ourselves with this. Whatever God gives us and whatever, however He anoints us, we have to function in that place and not be looking across the fence. Oh, God, I wish you'd have given me that. I wish you'd have given me that. Romans 12, 6 says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Uh, another part of this is that God works his gifts in us. Now, that's not because the gifts have a problem and then the gifts need to be worked. It's because we are human beings and we are, we are on a journey. And over, over time, for uh, Philippians 1, 6, we are confident in this, that he 
who began. Everybody say began. began. So you know if something began that there has to continue. He who began a good work in us will continue it until that day, till the day of completion. And so he works his gifts in us over time as we respond to him. There is an administration and there is a developing of the gifts in us that's accomplished over time, mostly according to our cooperation and our willingness and our obedience. How many of you know most of the problems that we have or God has with us is our getting in his way? Each of us have have gifts that are, have been imparted according to God's grace. Now, I want to hasten here. Imparted according to God's grace. I don't mean by that according to his supply of grace or his quantity of grace. But His the, the uh, gifts are imparted to us according to his sovereignty. Now, I hope we understand that God has this notion. I hope this doesn't offend you. God has this notion that he is God. You okay with that? We need to have, we need more of that notion, by the way, in the church today. He is God and he has, he has given us the gifts according to his sovereign choosing. And that's not random. God knows what he's doing when he gives you the one gift and another person another gift to operate in. He knows what he's doing. He didn't just spin the wheel of fortune and see where it landed. The distribution of God's gifts are solely, is solely determined by him. He writes to the Ephesian church, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Another observation is the exercise of the gifts is for the common good. The gifts are not primarily to benefit the one bearing the gift. There is a benefit there, but that's not the primary reason. Um, Romans says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly or accurately as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Avoid, we have to avoid the feeling of, of, of importance. You know, they say the most famous guy in the world is a man away from home with a briefcase. Most important guy in the world. And, and the other thing we have to do is avoid um, what I call a, a badge. Uh, Lord, help me. I was in a meeting. I'm not going to mention the group, but I was at a concert one time. <clears throat> Lord, I don't know. We probably wouldn't even married. So we've been married almost 46 years. So this, this, uh, the, the band on stage were, was singing. And at one point, the, one, the, the, one of the persons, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid identifying, but anyway, they didn't do anything wrong, by the way. One of the persons on the stage began to speak in tongues in the middle, you know, in their show. It wasn't anyway. And this boy sitting in front of me, and I was, at that time, I was a tongue talker. I mean, we were charismatic. We were tongue, we believed in the gifts of the Spirit. But this boy jumped up and started shaking his fist. Like, Wah! I'm going, what are you, you know, and what it was, was, hey, y'all don't, y'all can't do that, but we can. That's what was his attitude. I could tell exactly what he was thinking. All you Baptists in here, y'all take that. Well, I wanted to smack him, but I didn't. <laughs> 
But it bothers me when people wear a badge with their spiritual gift. That's not what it's for. It's for the common good. Now, let me hasten to add this. It's for the common good of the body of Christ. And it's for the common good of evangelism. You know, one of the gifts that we'll cover at some point is the word of knowledge. Man, one of the greatest gifts you can have in evangelism is the word of knowledge. You speak to someone something that you're not supposed to know, but you know, and it's about them. And they say, whoa, I might need to listen to what this person has to say. So it's for the common good that God gives us gifts to operate in. And then I want to kind of finish up with talking about the genuineness of the gifts. Verses 1 through 3, we're not going to go back and read them, but... Paul was dealing with a church who had come out of paganism. And they would have been people who would have given themselves to what he calls dumb idols. They would have been giving themselves to the worship. He said that you were led astray by dumb idols. They would have in their pagan worship, they would have had rituals or experiences where they would have violently shaken where they would have jumped all over the place. I know that sounds like Pentecostals. I've been in some meetings where I thought, well, begin with which spirit is this? Guy told me one time, man, the Holy Spirit grabbed me and threw me against the wall. I thought, mm, you better better take that capital S and make it a small S and put demon right in front of it. That's not the Holy Spirit. But they would have experienced very violent reactions and emotions during their pagan worship. And they may have even had some gibberish and all kinds of stuff going. So Paul's trying to say to this church, that's not what I'm talking about. You would have experienced that, but that's not what I'm talking about. You need to understand that only those who can say Jesus is Lord are the ones we're talking about. A pagan In pagan worship, they could not genuinely say Jesus is Lord. There are counterfeit gifts. By demons and dumb idols. Let me tell you. The kingdom of darkness is nothing more than a slice out of the kingdom of God. Don't forget that a third of heaven was removed. from, And yet they still, because they were a slice from the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of darkness will counterfeit the real. Usually you can find out what the kingdom of darkness is doing and just flip it around, and that's what the kingdom of God's about. And so they were dealing with it. He wanted to make sure they understood there is a counterfeit by the devil of what God's gifts are, and we don't need to, to fall to that. We need to understand that the true Spirit of God, the true gifts of God's Holy Spirit will testify and acclaim Jesus as Lord. Testify of Jesus and claim him as Lord. Any spirit that does not is obviously something else. All manifestations of the Holy Spirit will harmonize with the truth about Jesus. I've, I've been, all of you, my lot of you, I've been in church meetings when well-meaning people started doing things and saying things, and I thought, well, I don't, I don't think that's God necessarily. 
or they'll say, or I'll hear somebody get up and give a prophecy or a message in tongues and it contradicts the scripture. I always go to the scripture, no matter what it is. I don't care who said it. I want to know, does, can I, can that rest in the whole counsel of God's word? And if it can't, then I discount it. Hmm. The aim of the gifts and everything else that God does is to bring people under the lordship of Jesus Christ. If the aim is to draw attention to ourselves, then there's something, at least a misapplication of the gifts. But at the end, at the end of the process, we must be able to take inventory and say to ourselves, the gift that God has given me, does it bring people under the lordship of Jesus? Does it point people under the lordship of Jesus Christ? Does it encourage the body of Christ? Does it edify and exhort the other parts of the church? All of those are good answers. And, you know, I don't think we're necessarily, you know, all worried that we're going to do wrong things, but we need to make, if you, if you aim at nothing, you, you'll definitely hit it. Think about that. I think that's a Billy Graham quote. But anyway, you got to aim at something. And what are we aiming at? The Lordship of Jesus. The Lordship of Jesus. And when God gifts his church, that's his goal. He's not just to entertain us and not just to, to, to uh, have us uh, fascinate one another. <laughs> but his, his goal at the end of the day is that we come under the Lordship of Jesus. Lastly, he writes... To his spiritual son, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave to you. Now, let me just tell you something. He's not writing to an old person. You can define old however you want to. He's not writing to someone on the back end of their life who have who has taken a spot in a rocking chair and decided just to rest on their laurels until he came and got them. He's writing to a young person. He said, don't let people despise your youth. And don't give in to youthful lusts. So we know that Timothy is a young man. So it's possible, whether we're young or whether we're old, it's possible that we neglect, the verse I read earlier, the gift that's in us, Paul is saying to his spiritual son, and by the Holy Spirit, he's saying it to you too, fan into flames. The, the imagery there is bellows, to take bellows and fan into flame the gift that is in you. God gives you the gift, but he's not going to operate it in you. you got to operate it. you got to walk, walk in it. But fan into flames the gift that God has. Some of you in this room, you know that God has gifted you to do things and you have laid it on the shelf for varying reasons. You don't, you don't want to be embarrassed. Uh, whatever reason. Maybe you just thought it wasn't useful, wasn't accomplishing anything. One of the gifts of the Spirit, here I go talk about them. One of the gifts we'll talk about is the gift of help. Well, that kind of seemed kind of stupid. There's a spiritual gift called the gift of helps. Absolutely. And it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual gift 
administered to by administered by the Holy Spirit to you, giving you a supernatural ability to help people. And you, it's easy if you if you have a gift of help, it's easy to think, well, I don't, I'm just helping. There's a difference in helping people and helping people by the supernatural power of God. So whatever be the case, if it occurs to you this morning that you have neglected the spiritual gift that is in you, I'm telling you by the power of God's word and by the voice of the Holy Spirit to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. And again, you know, over the next several weeks, of course, the next two weeks we won't be, but we'll be talking about the varying gifts. We'll get more specific. And, you know, if you can't be here every Sunday, uh, I proved last Sunday that I can't be here every Sunday. Uh, but it, then at least get a podcast or something because I don't want you to miss any of it. Get a CD. But as we proceed on, I want us to understand the church, which is his body. We are gifted. Everybody say we are gifted. A lot of people don't think of ourselves of gift as being gifted. I sure wish I had gifts like those folks. Well, you do. It's just not the same ones. I wish I could preach like that. I wish I could play a guitar like that. I wish I could. This goes on. Let me just close and make this bold statement. There's not a person under the sound of my voice that has not been given a spiritual gift. Not one. Stand with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've taken this body that you call your church. You've put us together. And uh, I'm not talking about just abundant life church, but your church. And you have gifted us in such a way that if, in fact, we do bring all of our gifts together, as Max Licato said, then we we see you speaking to the community and speaking to us. Lord, help us to see maybe where we've laid down the exercise of a gift that you've given us and help us to fan those flames of the spiritual gift that you've given us so that your supernatural army called the church can go out into a world that has been tainted by a supernatural act of darkness. And we could, we could present the light of the world to break the bonds of the kingdom of darkness so that people can see you and come to you. Use your people to do what it is you've gifted us to do. Lord Jesus. And I pray that this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Be warmed and be filled. Go. You are dismissed.